So, you, for everybody who doesn't know, this is my barber, his barber, the absolute go best barber in what East Coast? No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's barber loyalty to a T right there. Vinny couldn't get me in for like two weeks, and a bitch waited. <laughs> yeah. I, I nobody else with this beautiful mane. I'm a pretty boy. I get my hair cut like every single day. So him and I developed a close relationship. And I've asked you before, but I honestly forget. Why did you start cutting hair? Because you had, diff- I know in the story, you had different options that you wanted to do. And you decided to cut hair. So uh, pretty much my old barber that I used to go to, he, uh, I would go to him all the time. He worked right next to my high school. So after school, I would go right over there. Get a haircut. Got a crazy hairline. Keep the hat on. Y'all don't need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he went against the grain on my hairline, so I had a bang. So when he goes against the grain, you're going this way with the clipper. Mm-hmm. Whole bang disappeared. Exposed me. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Tragic incident. Went home. Shaved myself. Started fixing it up. And uh, how'd that work out for you? <clears throat> good. Really? Yeah, yeah, real good, real good. Cause it just looked better than what it was. Oh, I just yeah, pushed my hairline back and it looked great. <laughs> so <laughs> push your own hairline back. Exactly. So uh, pretty much, um, my boys they didn't have no money, so they needed haircuts too. So I started cutting their hair, and I was always cutting my hair for like the next two years. Only I cut my hair, and no one would believe me. I was like, I cut my own hair. They was like, No, no, you don't. And I would just turn around and be like, look at the back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, he cuts his own hair. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, shit, you're serious. So the front was fresh as hell, and the back was just woofed out like crazy. <laughs> so they were like, dang. So I just ran with it. And then I realized I wasn't good at nothing else. So I went to school, got my license. And I just kind of ran with it. And actually, a funny story is the barbershop that messed me up, I ended up working at it. That's what I was about to ask you, because you said it was right next to the high school. Yeah, yeah, so I ended up working at it. How long were you at that shop? <sighs> year and a half. So I've been cutting here for three years. I've been at four barbershops. Really? But each barbershop is like a step up. I remember when you <clears> got <throat> hired there, because I used to go to a place called Jags in PA, and they gave every... like They, they saw a white person who could maybe play soccer, and this goes, okay, you're getting a hard part come over. That's what you got. And I rocked that shit for years, but I looked like I had an armadillo shell on my head. Mm-hmm. Went over there. You were in that shop, like, every day saying, are you going to hire me? Yeah. This shit, asking for a job. And eventually, they're like, yeah. And I started going to him, like, two years ago, back in December. And Wait, ever- you did work at Jags? No, yeah. so I was in the, the barbershop in Ewing. Mm-hmm. I went in there seven different times asking for a job. Can I get a job? They kept saying no, kept saying no. It wasn't until I got my license to cut hair. I went in there, I said, can I get a job? And showed him my license. And he was like, you'll start Monday. Damn. And I was just like, I was like, okay, pretty much. But it was funny because no one in there had a license but me. So why did it take that to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was definitely an interesting shop dynamic you guys had in there. And they ended up loving Vinny. And I ended up hating them. Disliking them. I did. I disliked them. I was about to say, you were responsible for like 70% of their business by the time you were leaving. I mean, like, you were at the point where you were like appointment only because too many people were just getting cut by only you. Looks could be deceiving. Everyone was busy, but. You know. Yeah. But I mean, like, a lot of the times I went in there, I had like two people in front of me. Yeah. For you. And then there was like three other barbers that were just sitting in their chairs on their phone. 
That's why I was like, damn. Well, I used to hop around every single barber each week. And then every barber would cut my hair different. Never liked it. Went to Vinny. I said, yo, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to work and get my hair better. And we grew up the Armadillo show. And now I have great hair. I wear a hat most of the time. But my hair is amazing. Is that insulting to you, by the way? That you, you put in time and effort on this kid's head. And then he just wears a hat the moment he walks out. He gets my money every week. <laughs> he know, he, uh, he, but he knows if I style my hair and I go out, my shit's popping. Yeah. And my subscribers know that too. They see me with that hat. Yeah, like, so that guy has a flow. Has anyone ever commented about your hair? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. commented about his eyebrows. I know. Oh, I didn't want to say it. commented on my one video. Because the first <clears throat> video I made on Anchor went viral. In mm-hmm. my eyes, went viral. It's only a few thousand views, but the guy comments longest eyebrows I've ever seen, like eleven p.m. I was just go fuck, man. <laughs> like I know my shits are bushy. I'm Italian. Like I'm a hairy dude. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. And I I sent him a screenshot. I sent him a screenshot. I just messaged the guy back, Elmeo. Let him know I can take a joke because I do like people making fun of me. It's kind of funny at the end of the day. Next week, I go into his <laughs> shop. Takes the buzzers, shits, shits. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then he almost commented on my video, like, yo, your eyebrows are long as fuck. Yo, yeah, so like, it's funny because me and Joe were talking about this. We didn't get like this much in depth, just like a quick subject change. But uh, you remember To Be Honest on Instagram? Like, To Be Honest, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So when I was younger, remember you when were totally up? that kind of guy, though. I was that kind of guy. <laughs> but you guys were too, because I remember seeing I never did any Nick, of that. Nick, bro, was oh, always oh, yeah, he was deep in that. Absolutely. I remember. Ready, like Sam and all them. Yeah. Ready, yeah. Anyway, so you remember uh, To Be Rude when those came out or no? Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. So when those came out, like, I honestly, yeah, I was into myself. So I'm like, hey, nothing wrong with me. Like, <laughs> you can't say nothing to me. And I would always get To Be Rude. Nothing, nothing. So I'd be like, okay, okay. Mm. This one girl was like, to be rude, you have big ears. And I was like, dang. So, uh, no, I don't think people realize, like, just switch it serious. Like, obviously, I don't care. Like, I'm happy with myself. But, like, I don't think people realize how one comment you'll carry with you for, like, the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. This girl is probably somewhere living her best life, whatever, like. Mm. And I'm still in the mirror looking at my ears. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I can't lie, bro. Like, I'm still in the mirror looking at my ears. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, though, is you know for a fact she's going on living her life. If you if you brought it up to her, she probably wouldn't remember it. Yeah, but the yeah, fact yeah. that it's something you can't change is something you could never let go. But it's more than that you can't change. It's something that you just will always notice for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. Like, and it's when it's, it catches you off guard type <clears> shit. <throat> and when it's posted on social media, you're like, damn, other people are reading it. Now they know. Right. Yeah. And it's also like, so... That ties into, like, why I became a barber almost. Like, not that right there, but, like, so I grew my hair out after that because I figured if I grew my hair out, I'd keep burping. Whew, I figured if I grew my hair out that my head looks bigger so my hair looks smaller. Mm. So then that kind of showed me, like, if someone has, like, like a long head, you don't want to give them volume on their hair because then their hair's going to go up and their hair their hair's going to look longer. You know what mm. I mean? So, like, you mm. kind of have to create an illusion with hair mm. to fit the face. That's a, actually, that's a case with a lot of things. Like, he had a problem where he couldn't find sunglasses that he liked on him. So then I just told him the one that, for, like, his face shape would mm-hmm. look good. He put him on and he bought him right away. 
Yeah, I have that problem. I can't find sunglasses that look good on me. Dude, I'm telling you, if you... I remember if you want to diagnose me, how you diagnose him, like, I'm all for it. Like, we can go. You just got to know what kind of face shape you have. Because, like, his is an upside-down triangle, and then mine is just circular. So, for his was thick lenses on the top. Mine are, you know, like, um, stereotypical Ray-Bans are just the black squares. Like, those are exactly the kind that I need. Because they have to, like, complement your face shape and not to highlight the different shape. You just want to blend it together. Never looked into it like that. <clears throat> Damn, I'm telling you, that's what you got to do. You'll find a pair of sunglasses you'll never want to take off. Bought the same pair three times, and <laughs> they don't last more than a year. Hmm. One of them got stolen. I was over at this chick's house at a party, and this dude came, and he was a questionable dude. I mean, he, first of all, he reeked. He smelled foul. She was like, yeah, I think he just came from, like, football practice. I was like, didn't bother to shower. Sketchy. I mean, his eyes were all over the place. Dude looked like he wasn't really there. Stole my sunglasses. One of them, prom weekend, destroyed him. So I just hiked him into the beach. I'm a terrible person. Sorry. Um, and then I don't even know what happened to the third pair. I'm probably going to leave here and buy a fourth pair. About to be summer, you know. You got to look cute. All right. I've never asked you this because, like, it's not something you want to ask in a barber shop because there's clientele in there, right? I know where this is going. Well, go ahead. You've asked, or you've cut thousands of people in your career by now. Have you ever cut somebody who was just, like, dirty as fuck? Uh, like, I thought you were going to ask me if I ever messed someone's hair. Could I? Well, that too. We can get into that. We'll go to that next. But, like, you had people come in, like, I mean, their hair is, like, a little dirty. <clears throat> but nothing crazy. Just, like, ask ah, whatever. I'm, I'm going to shape it up and, like, spray it anyways. But I'm talking, like... You look at their hair and you're like, I'm not cutting this type of shit. Like, it's like this foul. So I got a few stories. So, always wash your hair just to say before a haircut. No grease, nothing in your hair. It will give the best outcome of your haircut. Because if you have, let's say Lewis comes with grease in his hair or like product, the clipper, he doesn't. But the clipper will get clogged up in that. And I'm, I'm just going to say, yeah, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not even going to, I don't care at that point. Because you don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, why, why should I care? Like. But, uh, I fell off topic. Okay, yeah, dirty people. So, <laughs> um, when I first went to the shop that I'm at now, um, I was cutting some dude's beard. And as I'm down, like, shaving it, I see two ants crawling in his beard. That is actually disgusting. Ants. ants. Two ants crawling in his beard. That's oh. a... Like, oh. crawling in the beard. Running fast, too. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It was going up, like, everywhere. Did you tell him? No. <laughs> you, did you smack him off? No, you just let him there? Yeah, I did smack him off. <laughs> but I let him, I, I shaped it up first, and then when I seen him sit there, just, like, took the comb. For yeah. real, but definitely. He um, didn't ask you why you just smacked him with a comb? No, no, I just smacked the ant. It didn't really hit his face. Like, really? It hit his face, but, like, no, nah, he didn't realize because well, I remember you saw when you were you posted something on Instagram about uh, if you have an appointment, it was like, washed. yeah, wash your hair before uh, you come in. I commented on that because they said I was making fun of the kid, but no, nah, he just had dirty hair, so I gotta wash your hair, charge you extra fee, better yeah. for me. But I so I do thirty minute intervals, so like throughout the day, like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, like those are my busiest. I'm always booked up, so it's a blessing, like it's good. Mm-hmm. But like I'm in the shop Friday, I worked. 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I take 30-minute intervals. And I, I started booking myself a lunch break because, like, I just need 30 minutes to eat mm-hmm. and, like, respond to everyone who's been DMing me. 
So like, I only have 30 minutes to cut your hair. So if I'm washing your hair, that takes away five minutes from your haircut. Now I have to cut your hair in 25 minutes. Mm. You're not going to get a good haircut. Mm. And since I washed your hair, I have to charge you more. Now like, can I do a good haircut in 25 minutes? Absolutely. No, do yeah. I want to? No. So like, it's stressful. Like, uh, I think Friday I cut like 26 people, something like that. Jesus. So it's like, I know all my haircuts come out good because I, I show the client, you know, the, the outcome. And, and I know they come out good. But like, I would like to have a full 30 minutes with you. Because like, yeah, I make more money if I shampoo you. But it, it, it's not really about that. Like, it's not about the money. Like, it's more about, like, you leaving happy and returning. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of how I look at it. But, yeah, like, definitely people come to the shop dirty all the time. Like, even some dude, and hopefully he doesn't watch this because he's definitely the only person that this has ever happened with. But, uh, I don't know. Do they know where you're based out of? Jersey? Yeah, they know okay. where I'm at. So, I work in the Capitol, which is Trenton. And, um... Somebody goes to Rutgers, Newark, I believe. Is that is there Rutgers in Newark? Yeah. No, uh, no, New Brunswick. There's a satellite campus up there, though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. that. I know, I know. So he goes to, I believe, Rutgers in Newark. So I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, Newark was, like, a hot spot for COVID. Like, especially. Oh, yeah. So since I'm cutting throughout COVID, like, I would like to stay away from Newark. So I used to cut some dude, and he was supposed to come out here from Newark, but he told me that his whole neighborhood was, like, blocked off. So they couldn't leave or enter. So this one guy, it that falls into like the Rutgers, uh, I guess like radius, like he was in that radius. So um, he actually goes to my boss asking for a haircut and saying that he has to come out here because Newark is shut down. So my boss sends him to me because my boss wasn't trying to cut him. So he's like, just hit up him. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he didn't <laughs> tell you me. should have sent him the key on. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't tell me though. Yeah. So this is my first time ever cutting him. So I'm like, fuck the new client. I book him. Mm-hmm. And this was on a this was this was on a on a Sunday. I don't work Sundays, but like sometimes like if it's real busy, I'm like, fuck it, I'll just work a Sunday. So he comes in, and it was a holiday too. Maybe like Christmas Eve. Like this was an, an important haircut. So like he comes in and um. He sits in my chair, and when I turn him around to look at the mirror, I look at him, his eyes are bloodshot red, he's sweating profusely, like, everything. Like, all the signs that you don't want during COVID. Yeah. So, I was like, give me a second, bro, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So, I go to the back, and I, I text my boss, I'm like, bro, come to the back now, like, mm-hmm. come right now. And I'm like, bro, you shitting me if you think I'm cutting this dude, bro. I'm not cutting him. So he was like, all right, that's fine. Let him know. I'm like, bro. I like, he was, he was like, oh, yeah, that's the dude. Like, he's from Rutgers. Uh, like, he goes to Newark. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, Newark is a hot spot right now. Like, I'm not cutting this guy. Shouldn't even be in the shop. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, bro, this is your establishment. This is your business. Let him know that he has to leave. <laughs> and he, so he starts joking. He's like, no, you let him know. You let him. So we start going back and forth. <laughs> so, like, this dude, by the way, is probably like, I'm five. Five nine. This dude is like six four, like three hundred pounds. This is a big dude. Yeah. So I go to the chair, and I had some mace in my pocket. I'm just ready to mace this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just ready to mace him, bro. Like, I'm like, bro. I'm like, you from Newark, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, you just came down from there. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, bro. I can't cut you. You look like you look. Like you got that shit. Mm. I, I can't cut you. And he started joking. He's like, ah. like he laughed forever, like, oh, weird. And he was like, you're joking, right? And I'm like, no. Nah. I'm like, you got to no. go. And he was like, 
are you fucking kidding me? So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're going to get maced. <laughs> like, I'm going to mace you. And he was like, he was like, bro, you got to be capping. I'm like, bro, you just got to go, bro. It's not personal. I was like, it's not my decision. He was like, so whose decision is it? Whose decision is it? And my boss is right next to you just cutting. And my boss, you just like, <laughs> like, you can see it in his face. He's like, you better not say it. You better not say it. I was like, higher up. I was like, it's higher up decision. He's like, who's higher up? I was like, my boss. He's like, so who's your boss? I'm like, he's like, I want you to say it. I'm like, bro, I cannot cut you. He made it some boy and he left. He just left. Long story short, he left. He ne- he's never been back since. Mm. So He traveled far for a haircut. Yeah. I mean, I would be that mad too, but you shouldn't be going out getting a haircut for sick. That's common courtesy. Even if you become cold, like your barber's manhandling you. Just wait a week or two. Wait till yeah. you're healthy. And that's, that's really it. Necklace or anything. Yo, but honestly, like, he probably just woke up, Was it was hot outside, like, well, no, it wasn't, if it was Christmas, it wasn't hot, I wonder when that was, I don't know, point is, though, you just, like, look at yourself in the mirror, you should know, like, you don't look so big during these times, at least, like, we'll get eye drop or something, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and big, and big people sweat like that, but there's a difference between it's hot and you get a little bit of forehead sweat versus that dude is, like, fighting for his life, right. But I look at it as I've never cut him. I'm very happy with where my career is at. He's never put money in my pocket. My money's been good recently. Mm-hmm. I don't need him. Hey, you got more than enough clientele. Are you, weren't you turning people down for a while because you're just too busy? Yeah, that's not a good feeling. Oh, absolutely not. Try and get busier. That's the goal. But you don't want to get busy because you're already down to 30 minutes of haircut. I mean, there's been times I've sat in your chair for an hour and 40 minutes. Right. Probably just because we're talking shit, but... This is an interesting conversation because we could, like, shift off from the sign else, too. So, like, I guess success for, like, a barber is charging more, cutting less. So, like, I'm fully booked for the weekends. Like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, I'm pretty booked, too, but not to where I want to be. So, like, I definitely have some free time those days. But, um, once a barber gets fully booked, they're supposed to raise their prices to, like, five ten dollars so once they raise their prices, there's going to be a handful of people who are like, yeah, I'm not getting cut by him no more. That's fine. When those people drop, I'm cutting less, but I'm going to be making the same amount. Mm-hmm. You understand? So now I'm saving time, making more money, more free time. Now the people who's been wanting to book with me that's never got a chance because I'm too busy, those spots get filled in. Mm-hmm. And then I end up making more. Because barbers don't get a raise unless they raise their prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how that works. And it's a cycle that continues and continues and continues so now for your shop is that because i imagine for especially for like chain uh barbershops like supercuts and shit like their prices are set when they so get hired i've worked i started off at a sports clips actually no no barber starts off there but like that's where i started off because i figured i could cut 11 heads a day and mess people up like they yeah. don't care if you're going to sport clips so sport clips regulations and not to like down talk your business because that's where I started. You have to finish your haircut in 17 minutes. That's what you have to do. Oh my God. Yeah. But it's simple haircuts. Like, no one gets skin faded, none of that. But, like, I kind of introduced skin fades to that location. Like, that's what I started getting booked up for over there. But, uh, I completely forgot the question. Um, well, I was talking about your prices. Like, is it set oh, by? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, when I first started working at Sport Clips, and this was a regular price for haircut. Haircuts for twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Then they go up a dollar every year. So right now they're probably like twenty four dollars a haircut. But now 
me personally, I charge anywhere from 30 to 40. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But it depends. So like for me, I could change my price tomorrow. I could change it yesterday. Like it's up to me. Sport clips, you're, you're following somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Well, yeah. You and I have talked in the chair before that you have certain clients that you genuinely enjoy talking to. Yeah. Usually, whether they have a good story or they're like me and you, we talk a lot of business. So right. like, we have friends talk business, stuff like that. Is that where you're aiming towards now? Is basically to get rid of like the people that are kind of eh, ch- up charge the price and then keep um, the people that you like. Because if you cut less, you can put more time into the hair you like, which right. overall benefits everybody. So pretty much like... Uh, I enjoy cutting quiet people. Like, I do like having conversations. Like, conversations definitely go a long way. But, like, those people don't come often. You know what I mean? So, like, when I'm not cutting someone, if I, like, if I'm not talking and it bothers me, like, I just kind of tell myself, like, this is a job. You know what I mean? Like, I love cutting hair. Like, I love it. But it's not always going to be a good experience at work. That's why it's work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess your question was, Am I trying to, like, filter people out so everyone has good conversations? No, I don't mind it. Because I know that those people who do come and talk, those are the people who, like, you know, that I would be with once in a while outside of work. But not everyone comes with a good conversation. And it still is a good job, so some people, if I'm being honest, come with good money. They don't have to talk at all. Like, that's perfectly fine with me. I respect that. So... At the end of the day, it's still a business, and I have to treat it as a business. Now, are you right now? You're cutting at Ridge Shop, which is a good place to be cutting hair. Yeah. But your future goals? We talked about like you starting your own shop, you doing classes, all that stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have any like you have long term goals, which are pretty obvious? But do you have short term goals that you're trying to work for? I do have a lot of short term goals, um, in the works, but. It's hard, because, like I said, Sunday's my only day off, so I'm working, like, anywhere from, like, 65 to 80-hour weeks. So trying to do that and then, like, personal time and stuff like that is hard. So soon, eventually, I'm thinking about raising my prices so I can have more free time, just do the stuff I want to do. Classes, I definitely want to get into. Like, I have a lot of people who want to do classes, so I know if I do that, that would be on a Sunday, two hours, probably 10 people per class. So... That's what I want to do. And that'll be two hours out of the day. I'll be finished by 12 o'clock. So, classes, yeah. Definitely more stuff in mind, but I can't speak too much because... Well, you and I talked about that one thing that yeah. we were talking about. Is that something you want to announce or you want to keep it hush-hush until things are finalized? Keep it hush-hush until things are finalized. All right. I'll have you on again, and I'll make it into a clip. I'll post it on YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. Perfect. Get some exposure. Appreciate it. So, is your schedule, like, the whole Monday through Saturday, is that by choice? Or, like, does So, as a barber, I make my own schedule. I could do, I could take a trip, like, next week. I mean, I'm responsible, so I'm going to let my boss know prior to doing so. But, yeah, I work when I want. So, like, some days I wake up, like, at 6 o'clock, and I don't know what to do with myself. So, I just go to the shop. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, like, on the weekends, like, I know I could text people, and I could get them to come right away. So, yeah, that's my choice. Can I ask you a personal question that I've been wanting to ask for a few weeks? <laughs> what happened to that guy next to you? Oh, so his, uh, that's my boy. So his wife, uh, she works at the hospital. So when COVID happened, 
she together all together they have four kids. So Jesus, like um, she was you know taking care of the kids and stuff like that. He started his own clothing brand, known as Out the Mud. So make sure y'all go check that out. He uh he started his own clothing brand and he realized that he could make you know more money, comfortable amount of money, whatever, doing his own thing full time. Right. So once his wife went back to work. He was trying to juggle both and it was too much. So like someone once told me like if you try to do two, th- two things at once, one of them isn't going to be full potential. So that's kind of what was going on. But once he realized that he could uh, do that and take care of the kids at the same time, it was over. So now what he actually does is like he's like a clothes, I guess, manufacturer. So like if you want to put logos on your clothes, you can bring them to him and he does that. So he's more expanding that way and he's getting ready to open up his own business. Uh, Selling clothes for a cust a custom apparel kind of thing. Does he have a website yet? That's a good question. But he does have Instagram. All right. Well, regardless, well, after the podcast, I'll text you. I'll leave the link in the description. Sure. So if anybody wants to check it out, then just click there. And go for sure, for sure. Actually, does bring up a good point. We should start. Like, well, I mean, you should start because this is your thing. Like, we should just put people's social medias and stuff. Because, like, you do a lot of your business through, like, Instagram and stuff. Like, you show your work and yeah. appointments and stuff. So you can just start putting people's social medias in, like, the description whenever they're a guest. Well, we'll do it. At the end, I'll have you say your social media and stuff. Because for my Spotify listeners, they can't click on any links. Yeah, that's true. So I'll just have them say it. Was that a complicated process, getting it on Spotify? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. So they need what's called an RSS link, which I don't know the full abbreviation. But... You basically have to have your own website. It won't work over YouTube because if you just you can basically if you YouTube you can get an RSS link from, but it's not validated for Spotify. The reason why is because I can take an RSS link from like every single YouTube video ever and upload to Spotify, and it's not mine. And then they have to go through all the copyright works because I'm stealing other people's work. So I went on Squarespace, built my own website. And I have my contact information, all my YouTube videos, and all my podcast videos on there. I also have a shop on there. My claim to fame for Unorthodox Savings is just I never sell anybody anything. But for the podcast, I'll get some, like, shirts and shit for fun. But I don't expect anybody to buy it. I just kind of have it there for, like, in the future. If anybody's a diehard fan, I make some funny stuff. But because I had that website and everything's uploaded, now I have an RSS feed link. I upload to Spotify, and it goes up. But the process to point A to point B takes a lot more time than I just described. Hmm. So. No, yeah, it's good. Because, I mean, you you had, like, the Spotify and logo and stuff on the thumbnail before you were even on Spotify, right? Yeah. Well, my, my thing is, is just get the content out there, like, and then deal with the repercussions later. Because overall, it's not like I'm a horrible person where I'm just going to get, like, beat up for it. Like, I'll do, people go, hey, man, is it on Spotify? I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. My bad. <laughs> so, that's where we're at. And then why didn't you decide on having your barbershop be on a podcast, though? Because you said it was too much bullshit. Like, Say it again. Why did you decide? Because you mentioned that. Oh, the barbershop. Yeah. Uh... Do you talk about things that shouldn't necessarily be revealed to the public? So, like, or I kind of... you get your ass beat for some of the shit you talk? The barbershop is almost viewed as a safe zone. Yeah. So, like, I've noticed that. Like, oh, I mean, that's unanimous. Like, every guy goes to a barbershop and... Right, and I guess that's, like, the... It's a man space. Therapy for guys. That's the short answer. Yeah. You come to the barbershop, 
You talk about. I mean, I've had people tell me the craziest things in a barbershop. So like, we could have a podcast, but essentially that's when it no longer becomes about the client. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I guess that's how I viewed it. But definitely a good idea for the future that we've thought about. But yeah. I was kind of wondering if there's anything else that you could do that doesn't necessarily diminish that whole, like, this, like, a man space. I mean, you could do, like, virtual classes, or you guys already have, like, ring lights and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, we've, uh, I don't know if you guys are on Clubhouse. No, I don't know what that is. I remember I told you about it, like, well, Clubhouse is great, so, like, it's an app, and you network with people from everywhere, so... Uh, I joined it. You have to be invited to get onto that. You can't get the app unless you're invited. So mm-hmm. I actually got invited by my boy who we were just talking about who does clothing brand. He invited mm-hmm. me to the app. Um, I got on it. I didn't understand that. I stayed offer for two months. Uh, then I followed people who do barbers, like barbers on Instagram and stuff like that. So, like, this is why it's good. Someone who has $200,000 or 200,000 followers, pardon me, 200,000 followers on Instagram may only have 100 followers on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So, since this is a new platform, it's easier to reach someone famous mm. or with a bigger platform on Clubhouse versus Instagram. Mm. So, like, I've spoken to people on Clubhouse that I would have never been able to speak to on Instagram. And obviously, since they're the same person, like, I'm linked to them now. So, like, my plans that I do have coming up, um, I can go on these Clubhouse chats and it might be, like, 30 people in this room and everyone gets their own chance to speak. I don't even know where I was, like... The Million Dollar Barber, he was speaking in Clubhouse. But it cuts off, right, so it probably didn't get... It probably didn't get that, but you were, you were in Clubhouse and talking yeah. to a bunch of barbers, and there's so, a guy called the Million Dollar Barber. Yeah, so to tie back to the question, the question was, uh, what I do virtual classes? So, when I was in the Clubhouse app, um, some guy named the Million Dollar Barber, he joins, and the question was, do you prefer in person or online? A lot of people said, of course, in person, you get more of an experience, a feel, touch, you know, whatever. So um, what happens is the guy was explaining, like, you may prefer this. He was like, but I helped this girl host her first online class. He was like, I'll sum it up like this. He was like, Floyd Mayweather would not be who he was without Mm pay-per-view. He was like, so, and that just spoke value to me because... I wouldn't know who he was if I never watched him on TV. So if he never had the virtual experience, I'm not going to the actual boxing spot. So you open your audience to the world, essentially, when you go online. Mm. And now people down-talk it because no one blows up right away. But you still, you know. So anyway, he said his first class that he did with someone, she had a good follow on Instagram. She promoted it. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I do know that she revenued $80,000 through her online class, her first class. Jesus Christ. I believe she charged through like two thirty-five, something like that, a class. And whatever, how many people she had, I think it was like 300 and something. She, that number equaled 80000 that she revenued off that class. Now, this is the craziest part. She was doing the class in person. Mm. But while it was being done in person, someone was recording her. So she's also making money in person while doing the actual class. Mm. Then posted online. So she's getting money off both ways, one shot. Oh, wow. So then, this is what got me. This is why this guy is successful. I don't even know this dude. Like, we just spoke in Clubhouse. This guy is successful because he said after they made $80,000, he was like, it's not over. He was like, I saved the file and I uploaded it on her website. So now you can access that whenever you want. 
mm-hmm. but you have to pay. So you did passive income at that passive point. Passive income at that point. So he made her own website after that, and I'm like, well, like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just thinking, because, like, you know how you were saying in-person versus virtual classes, you'd prefer in-person. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if you're in a crowd and, like, say you're on stage teaching, you can't really see that close. Like, the best way you're going to learn is if I'm right next to you while you're cutting someone's hair, like a one-on-one thing. Right. But a but virtual class essentially gives everybody who would be in that show. One experience. Yeah. I think that would be better. Minus I mean, the questions that are able to be asked. That's you know, true. It would be cool if you run out, like, a lecture hall for, like, college. You know how it's, like, the round seating and something like that? Charge, like, $5 a head to get in-person admission. Have someone record it for the class. Charge more for the class. You have, like, a live audience review of questions as you're cutting the instruction. That's true. And that's, like, what I'm looking for now. Like, I need a hall. Like, I need something where I can teach. So, like, I posted it on Instagram. And I think that's, like, something else, like, that is so bad. Like, with this generation, like, social media portrays such a perfect image that good no longer exists. Mm. Like, good is not good. It's mm. not perfect. Good is not perfect, so it doesn't exist no more. Like, social media, everything must be perfect. And I think a lot of people, including myself, fall victim to social media. So, like, right now I'm at, like, 5,500 followers, roughly. So, to me, it's a little bit. But to someone else with, like, 500 followers, you're like, bro, like, you have an audience. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at it like that because I feel like when people get 10,000 followers, it immediately becomes 10K. It's not mm-hmm. 10,000. So I think if people don't see that K at the end of it, you're nobody. So yeah. I feel like I feel like that K makes people Instagram famous. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy, but this is, the, this is the way people view it, including myself. Like, I fall victim. I'm admitting to it. But I did post uh, if I was to do a class with a 10 and I had 70 people vote out of, I think, like 900 people who viewed it, 70 people said they would take a class. And those are people who are into barbering. So I definitely do want to do a class because, uh, yeah, I'd be dumb not to. I have an audience who's willing to learn. Mm. And do you I, have a lot of people that reached out to you asking for you to teach them? Multiple people. And all I do is tell them, yeah, in January. January mm. comes, yeah, in February, yeah, in March. So like, mm. my original class was supposed to be March 7th. That was planned. Um, I couldn't find a good location, so... That's what I'm working on now, trying to find a location. And I'm glad he said, like, a lecture hall because, like, when I look for a location, like, I look at, like, like bigger spots that I don't need. And those are, like, 2500 for, like, the day, mm-hmm. which is fine. But, like, then I would really have to fill that place up. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to do that. I would like to spread it out, like, 10 people to class so that it is more personal for these people. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that. But people have given me ideas, like, start only OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. do barbering yeah. tutorials and I was like that's true because it feels better when you know someone is paying for your work because now you know they're paying attention mm-hmm. so because they're not going to pay for that and then they're not, not going to waste their money yeah right yeah and you have the skills of the teacher <clears throat> it's not like you're an ass barber <laughs> yeah, like, yeah so like you obviously know what you're doing and people understand that and you have the audience enough to share that to a larger audience because you're 5,500 followers, if 200 people share that in their stories, that's easily another 8,000 people. Yeah, that's true. So. You do have a lot of friends who are clients. Right. Like, all you have to do is, you don't even, actually, most of the time, you don't even have to ask for people to repost your stuff. Like, right. if you posted, like, you're announcing a class or something, like, you know us and all your friends would 
were posted on their stories just cause. Right. You, you have like a cult following. That that honestly like that's a good feeling. Like when you know that people are in your corner like that, mm-hmm. like that'll keep you keep you going for sure. Cause a lot of people don't got that. Mm. You still got that support no matter what. Cause like the other day, Vinny, just for no reason, just took a straight edge razor and just tried to cut my ear off. <laughs> he was like, "You only need two of these," and he tried to cut it off. And I was like, "Bro, I still appreciate you. I'm still be here." Accidents happen. I definitely did cut his ear though. Not, s- not to scare you in a negative way, but one way or another, you're gonna make the next step forward, and you're gonna make a lot more money. And you're gonna get a lot more following. That's inev- that's gonna happen for you. Right. But now you're gonna have people going like, "Yo, remember that one time in high school where like I gave you a pencil and shit?" Those people are out there. I mean, I don't want to say to scare you away from like the success, but things like that happen. I mean, so, uh, people, it's, it's not so much like that, but um, I think anyone in life, once they start doing well and people around them don't do well, like, this is a good topic, because like, I don't know how to view it, and people will probably are going to hate me for this, but like, everyone always asks for favors. Like, oh, absolutely. I don't do favors no more. So, like, growing up, I always did favors for everybody. Like, little stuff. Like, somebody needs a tire changed. I know how to switch a tire. I feel like every man should know how to change a tire. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people don't, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I would always help people. And actually, a uh, quick story, like... Tire. I left my jack in their car. So, they called me. It was, like, 12 in the morning. I'm there. I'm doing it. My tire pops months later. They still have the jack. Now I'm stuck. Mm. As simple as that, I'm stuck. I can't switch the tire without a jack. Mm. So I'm stuck there for hours. Mm. It's not that I don't have the, the skill set to do it, but I don't have no one to bring a jack. Mm. So it's like... Especially if they're not willing to return the favor. Right. And like, I don't count favors. So like, I'm not going to do something expected back. I, I tell people this all the time. If you expect stuff in life, you'll never be happy, successful, nothing. Mm. You'll just be, and it depends on your definition of success, but you'll just be depressed. Like, you won't be happy. Mm. So, like, that's how I look at it. Like, I don't depend on no one. I, I kind of just do it myself because cause I know I can do it. Mm. I know I can do whatever I, I want to do. So, like, people do ask for favors. Um, I don't do it. I just, I don't do it. I can't help nobody. Mm. Like, there's definitely a certain crowd that would help. But it's like when you do help people, then you finally say no. People are not used to hearing no. Some people, when you say no, they can't take it. Mm-hmm. Like, they down talk you. You've never done nothing for me. But, like, I guess it's kind of like people say, like, and, like, yeah, like, I make money, but, like, I'm not rich. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people say money changes you, but, like, you're not supposed to stay the same person forever. You know what I mean? Like, you have to. I posted on Instagram the other day, like, ele- elevation requires separation. Like, you know, like, I guess it's corny, it's cringy, but, like, people say, like, the top is lonely. Mm-hmm. It's because there's not a lot of people mm-hmm. doing well, like. Well, even if it's not from, like, separation from people. Yeah. It could be separation from things that have been holding you back. Right. Like, fear and anxiety and stuff like that. Right, exactly. So, it doesn't always have to be, like, physical, like, mm-hmm. correct. It's not like if you want to be successful, you got to be like, look, mom, like, I love you, but just go fuck yourself. Right. Like, you can just let go of, it doesn't have to be people. Right. But uh, people always need stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also realized, like, you work more, you don't have time to do it anyway. So that's your excuse. I'm at work where I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the nice thing, though, is I don't, like, if I was like, yo, Vinny, like, 
I'm kind of stuck. Is there any chance you could help me, like, if last ditch? Nobody's going to be mad at you if you're like, look, I'm working right, right now. Like, I can't just walk but there's, out. But there's always a handful of people that is granted that favor, like, that I will do that for. Like, I think one day, like, Joe messaged me, actually. I forget what happened, but you were stranded. Tire pop. I oh, that. yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was one of the lowest moments of my life. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I, was, I was going to come. Mm-hmm. And I think as I was, like... On my way, like he said, someone just pulled up. Something like that, right? Yeah, one of my brother's friends. Yeah, but I was willing to go. But that's because I, I know was too. I probably would have met you right? there. Like I know the type of person Joe is. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but it's a like I don't know, bro. Like I don't ask for favors, so I expect to see him return. See, but that's the thing, though, is like you don't necessarily you weren't gonna go do that favor because you expected to get a favor back in return. Right. But like, same as like the way I think about it. I'm not going to expect something back, but I know that in the future, if I ever need it, he will right. be ready to give it back. And I've learned Joe. Like, I think I know Joe pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now to know that, like, Joe doesn't ask nobody for nothing. So if Joe's asking, like, Joe needs it. Yeah. So. yeah. Don't expect help, but right. like, be capable right. of doing it yourself, but hope right. for help. Help's always nice. That's the thing, man. People, tre- people will treat you different. Once they found you have a sliver of any form of success, whether it's money, uh, social following, or spiritual, if you want to be like up there like that, um, this is stupid. It's not that serious, but it's something I really thought about when we were in Nick's basement and um, that girl trying to flirt was there, and Elton joked around, just joked around, and said like, "Oh, Joe's YouTube famous, right?" I had a few beers in me, so I was joking around. I go, "Yeah, I am. I'm not." This pod, uh, the podcast has 21 subscribers. Unorthodox Savings is at 915. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for every single person on there. But I'm not famous. And she was like, oh, really? How many do you have? I was like, 2 million. The moment I said 2 million, whole mindset changed. Mm-hmm. Then she was off me. And she was asking nonstop to see my YouTube channel. Like She wanted to see that shit. I was like, oh, nah. That's not how we're going to do it. That's why I don't drop, like, I don't buy flashy clothes. I don't tell, tell people about, like, any type of money I have, anything like that. I'd rather just be treated like a normal, like, person you see on the street. And that's why in this podcast, I'm wearing sweat, uh, pajama pants and Crocs. <laughs> like, I just, I'd rather just be treated like, oh, he's a nobody. And then once it's too late, it's too late. But I think that's the problem. Like, people spend their last money on, like, uh, all this designer and stuff and then they don't have nothing but now you're asking me for a favor but I'm looking at you like bro you got it mm-hmm. you got a designer on like what you need $20 for it those shoes cost a thousand yeah like all those stimulus checks and everything people yeah. were getting that really showed you true colors you spent that $1,400 on designer jeans and then you're asking a whole five bucks like people, I can't believe people will buy like Jordan shit and don't want a car that's the shit that blows my mind, yeah. Like, who, who's around for a ride? I'm like, start a family, bro. You're 22. <laughs> right. Like, you, you got a car on your feet. Those sneakers yeah. cost $1,000. You can easily get a car for 800 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're wearing true religion jeans on a bus. It's crazy. But, it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's reality. And that's what I mean by, like, I learned from people's mistakes. Like, me, personally, myself, like, I definitely buy a lot of clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm, I'm going small once we finish this podcast. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Mm-hmm. But I promise that... I save 80% of my money and I'm enjoying 20%. Because, like, I, I view life as balance. Like, life is about balance. Like, you could work all the time, but if you're not enjoying life, then what are you living for? Like, yeah. are you living to die or are you dying to live? Like, in your defense, though, you live minimalistic. Like, right. when we FaceTime, you show me your apartment and stuff like that. You right. don't have, like, 
flashy paintings and vases and all this furniture everywhere. You had like a very minimalistic apartment. And some people will just be like, okay, like I don't buy expensive clothes, but they'll spend like like hundreds of dollars on new video games, play it once and never touch it again. Everybody indulges in different stuff. It just may not show it to everybody. So, I mean, if you buy clothes, it kind of makes sense though, because you're, um, what were those pants you bought where it basically gets like the hair off really easily? Oh, I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's like a polyester, essentially. That's an investment in my mind. Right. So, so like, no lie, bro, like these pants, I wear three times a week. I have two different pairs and I switched them out. So, like, no hair, 60 these pants. It falls right off. It's the same material as the cape. And I made my money back from wearing them well over. So, that, that is an investment. And it looks good. So, it's, it's, a, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> exactly. As simple as that. So, that's kind of, like, I guess how you could relate to it. But I definitely, like, I'm an impulse buyer. So, I buy stuff that I probably shouldn't buy. Like, right now, like... I'll share this the podcast. Like, I'm thinking of buying, uh, it's called a Can-Am. I think we've, we've all spoken about it, I think, with you guys. I've had to, because maybe. Mm-hmm. I spoke with you about it. I uh, feel like you mentioned it. How I spoke with you? Can-Am? The three-wheeler? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, see? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm thinking about buying a motorcycle, but I only have off Sundays, and this is what I'm doing. Like, I can't be on a Can-Am in here, so. There's <laughs> <laughs> no point. You but could like, be. That'd be a hell of a podcast. Right. <laughs> but, like point of the matter is if I get this Can-Am I can afford it mm-hmm. like someone said you can buy two times get it why not but the question is like is it worth it so we live in Jersey it rains twice a week probably on average yeah I only have off Sundays it's raining right now it's Sunday so like I can't ride it um and then take away five months that are cold and snowing mm-hmm. like is, is it worth it? That's what you have to ask yourself. Now, how could you profit off of it and enjoy it? So my idea, if I do decide to get it, I'm still... If someone comes up to me right now and like, yo, like, put down this much, this is how much you pay, your credit will improve, this is your interest, I'll buy it because I'm an impulse buyer. I don't have time to go up. Dealership's closed today. I don't have time to go up there while I'm at work. Mm. So that's the only reason why I haven't purchased it yet. But um, if I personally was to get it, I would put it on Toro. That's just me. So, like, I've done a lot of research. Toro takes 25% for insurance purposes. Um, I believe if the damage is over, like, three uh, three inches of a scratch, Toro fixes it for you. Like, I've done a lot of research. So, I would rent the vehicle out Monday through Saturday. And Saturday, I know it's going to get rented out. If, it does not, if it's not raining and it's hot out, like, it's going to get rented out. And I would probably put it up for, like, 200 a day after 50%. I'd probably make 150. Mm-hmm. And if I rent it out... X amount of times a week, 150 times X. Mm-hmm. I can make an on-air business deal with you. <laughs> you live in an apartment. Where are you going to keep it? I got a garage right out there. So, actually, this was already a question that I've asked myself. So, the apartments, they have, uh, was it a carpool, the roofs? So, yeah. you can rent it out for $30 a month and you'll have your own. Oh, pay for mm-hmm. itself then. All right. Exactly. Plus, it's not direct money in your pocket, but the amount you're going to be saving, like the insurance on a motorcycle versus a car is obviously a lot cheaper. Right. So. And gas. This is, this is where everything comes in. So this is, this is another good topic. So like the bike is, if you finance it, 10,500. If you go to Delaware, you can pay it off 8,500 cash. But when you bring it to Jersey, you do have to pay taxes once you register it. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. 
But this is where it's different. So, like, if I was to rent it out to people, they would pay for the, pardon me, they would pay for the, um, for the monthly, I would pay for itself, the monthly payments, and then I would profit the rest. And I would build my credit. And that would look good for, like, when I plan on buying a house, I pay something off other than my credit card. So and like, plus, it's, you own it. So right. So that's value. And it's mine. And it, it pays for itself, like, plus profit. That would be the pros. And then the cons would be, it's not going to get rented out for five months. It's not going to get driven for five months. Now, it is snowproof. You could ride it in the snow. But, like, no one's going to, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's a bike. Stuff like that. So it's also relatively more dangerous than driving a car. Just right. Because you have nothing protecting you. Right. And I don't really know what Troll's policy are. If someone dies in your vehicle, but <laughs> that's very possible. Well, I- this is fucked up to say, but if they're dying on your bike, they're not dying on your bike, because chances are they're getting flown off of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Yeah. You can get a personal safety waiver for that. Mm. And, I mean, there has to be some form of agreement, because you're not going to be the first person that's running on a bike on that app. So, they I clearly for, have it lined up. I forget how we got to this question, but... Uh, it was about investments and stuff. And, like, impulse buying. Like yeah. We were talking about, like, buying clothes, different things like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, okay. So, like... Yeah, like... It, it, it's all on your mindset and what you want to do with it. So, like, yeah. So, I'm an impulse buyer, but, like, I try to find out how I could juice the most money out of anything I get. Mm. So, that was just an example of how you could profit off a want. Mm. See, but the thing is, that's actually one of the relatively better wants that you could have. Because, like, if you go out, you're like, I really want, like, Jordans. Not like you're going to rent them out to some random person. Right, that's a little different. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Right. So, like, it's not the worst buy in the world, especially because you have a plan on how you could profit actively and passively off of that bike. Right. But the problem is, when it comes to wants, you can justify it in your head. And well, of course, it any way of course everything comes with a risk. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could post it and nobody rents it out. Mm-hmm. Nobody. But then that's when your one becomes a one. Mm-hmm. You paid off yourself. You wanted it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you tried and that was all you could do. I've always learned that bikes do essentially pay for themselves. Because like I said, it's cheaper insurance, cheaper on gas than driving a car. So right. it does the same thing. But Gets if you, you point A to B. If you finance it, the insurance would be more than if you purchased a whole. Well, that's also and the same with the car. And you out on Turo, you know, mm-hmm. insurance was higher because now they know that other people are riding your bike besides you. Mm-hmm. So... Pros and cons to everything. I was watching some kid. He uh, he bought a $44,000 car. I forget what kind of car it was. He rented out on Toro his first 10 days. He's from Philly. His first 10... Uh, he rented out for two weeks. In 10 days, he made 3000 mm-hmm. His first... First two weeks, he made 3000 And that already pays for like... What is that? Like a 12 for the car, maybe? Yeah. So if you do payment-wise, 44000 is probably like a $725 a month payment. Right, and that's what he said. He said he profited 2500 mm. So I guess payments and insurance is somewhere around 500 somehow. He's probably got a really long-term loan. Right. But point is, you know, you have option paid it off faster, so it's up to you how much you want to profit and how fast. Mm. But it's possible. It's out there. There's too many ways to make money to not be making money. Mm. That's another reason why I'm not doing favors. <laughs> That's true. Like, Money talks and bullshit takes the bus. Right. And not a can am. I, I look at it like I look at it like this, <laughs> like uh 
if you need something, like let's say you're like, yo, like I need ten dollars, right? Do you want me to give you ten dollars or do you want me to teach you how to make ten dollars? Mm-hmm. Like something that you could take with you forever versus something that's gonna run out and you're gonna need that again. I don't wanna give you it again, if I'm being honest. Teach a man to fish. Right. Is it, yeah, like the cool, like, you know, teach someone to fish to eat forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well most people don't well, they wanna learn how to make it ten dollars. And then that's why you can't help them. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. It's instant gratification. It feels too Why like do I have to make $10 if I could just get you to give me $10, you know? Right. I had this uh, funny story. When I was working in uh, Ewing at the barbershop, homeless man was outside asking me for uh, 50 cents every single day. And I'm like, whatever. But, like, every single time I come outside, he needs it. So it's like $3 a day. I don't mind, but I'm watching you go to the liquor store at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So one day I'm like, yo, you want a job? And he's like, yeah. So uh, what I do is... I go online, one of my boys work at a, a spot in Princeton. I get this guy an interview, he fills everything out, got him an interview. So now, with, with, the, with that money that you're making, you can go get a suit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, from the Goodwill, you might get a suit for $10. Like, how bad do you want it? I was gonna give him a free haircut if he asked, but I'm not gonna offer, because I already offered you a, a You've proposal. already done way more for this guy than right. anybody else has. So like, I can't do everything, but I could do a lot. Mm-hmm. So. It's not funny, but he goes to the interview, he comes back, and this guy comes in the shop, sweaty as hell. Gray shirt like that, just dark gray, sweaty. Say, yeah, bro, I just came back from the interview. And I was like, I just, I said, good, and I just walked off. But, like, I know he's not getting a job. Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, like, so he does have somewhere to stay. I don't know where, and quite frankly, I, I don't care. I gave him the opportunity that no one else. I know, I can say this for 100%. If he's wherever he is somewhere, I know he's never got an opportunity like that again. Mm-hmm. And I gave the opportunity to him. I'm not God, but I gave it to him because I seen potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I see that guy again, I'll never give him money again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, I'll get you some food, but I won't give you money because mm-hmm. I know that you had a opportunity already and you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. By choice, because, like, anyone can pass an interview. For a fast food restaurant, all you gotta do is dress up, look nice, and talk well. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't illiterate, so no excuse. Yeah, just didn't want it bad enough. Right. That's the problem. You can give him something, but he doesn't. If he doesn't really want it, you could take a horse to the water, but the horse can't drink the water. Can't make you drink the water. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at stuff like that. That's the problem. Is that a lot of those shitty cliches actually have meaning? Right. Like you don't want to be that guy to quote it, but it's a cliche because it's true. That's exactly. I don't promote the podcast on my social media. This is interesting because, so I tried YouTube out tutorials, and I didn't promote it on social media. But I want to see why you don't, and I'll tell you why I didn't. Um, my thing is, is I do not like the town I'm in and the people I'm in. The town we live in is very small, very small-minded, and a lot of haters. I don't care what people think about me. I don't want them actively preying on my downfall. Like... I don't care if somebody watches, he goes, oh, what the fuck am I watching kind of thing. But I don't want them disliking the videos or, mm. like, shorting my view times, things like that. I don't need them. I don't need their support. But at some point, it's going to be on my Instagram. It's going to be actively talked about. Uh, I'll probably promote my podcast first because I'm going to cut clips of this and put it on TikTok because a lot of YouTubers I know have had a couple hundred subscribers for a couple of years. And then they posted a clip on TikTok, and overnight they got the 20k. 
Mm-hmm. Bro, TikTok is the wave. So Naya posted a tutorial of her doing nails. Mm-hmm. 1.1 million views. Jesus. Crazy. And it just catches an algorithm. Um, shout out to Afrony. If you watch this, uh, is got subscribed to. I've been subscribed to his channel since so he had 50 subscribers. And he posts really good content. Like, super high quality. You would think he has a couple hundred thousand since day one. And he just posts, like, weird things. Like, today I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to teach you how to make side hustles. And one thing he did was, um, you go to Walmart, there's Hot Wheel cars hanging there. And you look through Hot Wheels. There's certain models and years of Hot Wheel cars that are worth, like, 80 bucks on eBay. But they're, like, $2 at Walmart. Mm. Made that. Put on TikTok. Blew up. Literally overnight got 20,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. And now he's just chilling. Mm. See, but that also goes back to, on the other hand, how you're talking about people are small-minded and might not like it. What you were saying about favors. Because if you start posting that you have a podcast and that your YouTube channel has pretty much 1,000 subscribers at this point, some people might see value, like, oh, I'm also, like, I have a car Instagram that I sell parts. They might want to come on here for their own benefit. Like, yo, can you shout me out? Can you post my social media on your channel? They're going to ask for favors and stuff. Like, I know, like, if you was to cut a clip, like how we were just talking about, like, uh, asking for favors favors and stuff like that, if you took a clip of that, I would definitely put it on mine. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind it. Like, I do like the people in our town. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But there's a, a majority of people that, like, if you're watching this and you agree with me, you're not one of them. <laughs> it's, 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 it's this is fact. If you're sitting going, yeah, just making a point. It's just all they do is drink, do coke, and just go to sleep, and that is their lives. And I just don't, I can't understand why you live like that. And those people won't understand why I'm doing this. And then they will get mad at me, like, how dare you try to do something better for your life? And I'm just like, hey, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But so I'd rather not get the negative press right away. I rather build my following, which I do with unorthodox savings, and I love my community. Mm. It's like even talking about your clubhouse app. Somebody might watch this and be like, I like the way that sounds. I'm going to hit Vinny up because I want an invite. Right. That's the problem. Is some people are going to look at it. How can I benefit off of what he's doing? So, like, I stopped doing YouTube. Uh, multiple reasons I'll explain. Back to, like, the OnlyFans thing. If I was doing OnlyFans with Bob tutorials, I know people watch and actually care. Mm-hmm. So, like, I see nothing wrong with my YouTube tutorials. Other people do, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I never promoted it because... I want to target, if I could target the outside world first, I know I could target my world mm-hmm. automatically. So that's, maybe I should have posted it, but I didn't. And like, I don't know. Like you said, you're going to post it eventually. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to post it eventually, get it out of the way now. And that's how I am as a person. I don't like waiting for shit. I like yeah. just doing it and dealing with the repercussions later, which is kind of dumb. But like, yeah. our first podcast where we talked about like, ketamine weed all these crazy drugs and shit we were like did we post this and I was just like I'll deal with Lewis being mad at me later <laughs> like I'm gonna upload it I wasn't expecting that to be uploaded and he just told me that he did and I was like no it's already out there right. yeah and that's just how I am as a person I just wanted to get that going I guess with the timer but um yeah and I'll post it like I really don't mind cause if I post it on my Instagram and stuff like that I know I'm going to get a jump in views, subscribers, things like that. And for you, you provide a service. You provide value for your career and your job. It makes sense to have like an OnlyFans type of thing where people pay for it. For me and my niche for finance, everybody has a course they want to sell. Everybody's like free stocks below. They just want to make like the affiliate marketing type of money. That's not who I am. Because I just want some people to find my channel and be like, 
this is the safe haven. The guy actually knows what he's talking about. He actually makes money from this, and he's not here to be like, we're going to the moon, bye, bye, bye. He's actually a realist when it comes to investing, and I just want people to find with that diamond in the rough, mm. and that's it. Mm. It's deep. Well, that's like the thing we were talking about TikTok. Like, if something comes up on your For You page and it's some guy that's like, you can buy a house with no money down, follow me to find out how, subscribe to my YouTube, it's like... So I think, like, like one of the ways people try to blow up, I think blowing up nowadays is way easier, obviously, but it's all about who does it first. Mm. So, like, it's not about doing it the best, it's about doing it first. Mm. So, like, uh, like a whole bunch, I've seen people blow up from, like, going in the comment section and was like, I'm a local rapper, mm. you know, check me out. People have blown up. You do it now, it's flooded. You're not gonna. No one no, even yeah. pays attention. You ever look at the comments on SoundCloud? Yeah. So like, YouTube too. Like people go in the comment section. Um, Instagram ads. So like, I just went on the IGTV yesterday, and I'm gonna go watch it, and they played an ad in the beginning of it. Really? Yeah. And I've never seen that. So that's something new. But mm-hmm. eventually, it's gonna be flooded. Mm-hmm. So like, you just have to be the first to do something. I seen a barber. Uh, he was like, how to make six figures as a barber. Cut X amount of heads, this many heads a day at this price. This doesn't include tips. You made six figures. Mm. Blew up. Mm. Who? It's it's all about who's gonna do it first. Mm. And I know I could easily make the same video, and probably, cause it's it's really the first three seconds of a video. If I would have went on there, and I was like flexing on something, and then like the fourth second, this is how I made six figures. Mm. No one's gonna watch it because they would have seen me flexing. Mm. But if you go right to the point, this is how you make six figures. They're like, damn, I want to see that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like the benefit with TikTok though is that it's short and easily digestible. Like, mm-hmm. if you can portray how to make six figures in a twenty-second video, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit there and watch it because I got twenty seconds. I might as well. But if you're gonna give me, if I look at a YouTube video that's how to make six figures and that shit's three hours long. That's a commitment. Yeah. You got to really want to watch that. And I'm trying to get used to like, so like I'm on a podcast obviously right now, but I'm trying to get used to watching them because like, so someone told me like when you're driving, instead of listening to music, why don't you just watch, listen to a podcast? You could easily do that while you're working. You just throw one headphone in. And I think the easiest way to like build a fan base is simply relating to the people watching. Mm -hmm. So you can relate to people watching, you're going to build a fan base. And it's as simple as that. That's what it is for the TikTok thing. We talk about making six figures in 20 seconds. People watch that and they get like what I call um, like achievement porn. They feel like they did something. Cause they Dopamine. Won. Yeah, they feel like, oh, I watched this. Like now I'm a little bit smarter. But you didn't really learn anything. Like when I released my, like when I bought my first real estate property, got a decent amount of views. But I just told my numbers. Everybody was like, oh, like, that's how much you bought it for. That's cool respect it i like people viewing it but my older video where i talk about the burr strategy which is buy rebuild refinance all that stuff um that's 15 minutes which is pretty long in my opinion that's like a hefty amount of time to watch but that's step by step on how to actually like buy a real estate property and do it correctly with like real numbers and like calculations and shit and like people just aren't watching it that's not that i don't care but it's just like it's, it has to catch the algorithm, and a lot of people don't want to watch it. Same thing with my taxes videos. Taxes suck ass. Nobody wants to learn about that shit. It's so boring. But you can literally make thousands off of it. 
And I struggled watching that video. Not gonna lie. I struggled making it. That's why. I know, <laughs> that's why I know. But I wanted to make it because there's one person out there who's like, because um, if you're like making twenty five thousand dollars a year and you have kids and stuff, you can make three grand off that shit. Mm. If there was a mom out there who's struggling, she's like, what? I can right. do that, and I helped her out. That's all I needed to hear. Mm. And I'll, I'll probably even get some down talk for this too. But like, uh, so I'm a bar ragged paid off ten ninety nine. I'm an independent contractor. Mm. So, this year was the first year that I did tax write-offs. Mm. So, like, I think Donald Trump paid, like, what was it, $775, something like that in taxes? Mm-hmm. Like, he paid nothing. Income taxes. Right. What's the difference? <laughs> well, there's different types of taxes. I just want to make that clear, because, okay. like, people who do understand it, it's yeah. just, like, the amount of taxes he's paid on his income was 750 which is not true, because he made millions. Right. So. But, but income is, like, same thing, right? Like, what I'm talking about? Yeah. For, yeah. Okay, okay. So, like... I paid no money in taxes this year because mm. my write-offs equaled what I made, mm. and it's it's essentially a a legal way to finesse. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I guess achievement porn like it, that definitely provides dopamine every time I talk about it because I got paid and I paid no money in taxes. Yeah, nobody wants to get their money taken out. Right, but like it's not a scam. It's just it's just not knowing, mm-hmm. and I didn't know until I did it. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you could save money on taxes and stuff like that but a lot of people don't they'd rather just file their taxes so they don't go to jail and then whatever they take they take but it's like if you want there's a system and you can play that system but you gotta know what you're doing you gotta be smart about it and I honestly learned that from Rich Dad Poor Dad shout out to that book that book is like top 10 as far as finance that's where I literally learned like you don't have to pay taxes Mm. like I can like so, like I said, I bought sneakers. I bought a couple pair of designer sneakers. Those all went off as write-offs. Man. So like, yeah. And she was like, she was like, you spent this much on sneakers? And I was like, I get the best sneakers. Mm. Pretty much simple as that. Do you have receipts? Absolutely. And you don't need receipts, but just in case you get audited, you do. Mm. So, every every designer sneaker I purchased went right off as a write-off. That's the thing. Do you ever wore those pants to work? Every day. You could write those off. I, I mean, you might have... Yeah, exactly. Because, like, if they serve some value towards your work, then you can write them off as, like, a work expense. Exactly. That's fine. I'm not saying, like, and write not, that hat off because you wore it to work one time, but, right. like, within reason. <clears throat> I'm not on the level where I'm making crazy money, but, like, I definitely make a financial free living, I guess. Like, I have a client who just... This is where I'm trying to get. Came back from Miami. His boy paid for the whole trip for everybody. And I'm like, he's an idiot. But the whole trip was a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. So it was either he pays it back in taxes or he goes and writes it as a write-off and enjoys it. Mm-hmm. That's why people make corporations, like an L-Corp or an S-Corp, because literally everything you do is a write-off. You get business meals. So if you mm-hmm. and I went out to dinner, that meal's written off completely. And that's, that, what, that's what Rich Dad Poor Dad explains. And for people talking about Trump and billionaires going like, they don't pay taxes, we got to charge the rich. You'll never be able to do it. And the reason why is because of that. They have the corporations where everything's written off. All you have to do is spend and write it all off so you don't actually get charged for anything by the end of the year. And it looks like they made like a quarter, like $250,000 a year, but in reality, they have like $13 million in the bank. Right. And I think simply, the simple answer for the difference between the rich and the poor is simply lack of education. Mm-hmm. Simple. That's what everything Nothing boils down to, really. And Nothing more. that's what, um, I, you know, Eli, mm. 
he's a producer. He works with a lot of people from like Philly who are just like like inner city Philly, don't know anything about financial literacy. Yeah. And he started playing my videos for them. I thought it was funny because That's like That's actually really smart. Yeah. I was like I was like, they're not gonna give a fuck about me. And the one dude was interested. Subscribed, started commenting, he DM'd me, I went back and forth with him and the weird thing was, is because I guess he's from inner city, uh, city Philly, where he's at, there's not a lot of white people. Mm. So he's like, I'll be honest, he's like, I don't really fuck with white people like that. He's like, you're kind of cool. I was like, where thanks? And then him and I, <laughs> him and I, him and I started talking. He was like, where'd you learn this shit? And I sent him different YouTubers, different forums. Like, it gets confusing. He's like, if you have like topics you want to make a video about, just DM me. I'll make the video and we'll go. Yeah. And then he started saying to his friends and stuff. Which is really why I wanted the help because those are the people who need the help, and and that's how you're gonna blow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's basically all I wanted to do was just help people out. Well, that's the thing is if you provide somebody with value, like somebody learns something beneficial, like they learn a side hustle that works and they make money off of it, they're gonna go around and they're gonna be like, "Yo, you got it! Like this guy's valid. He knows what he's talking about. Go watch him." Right. And then you get six more people who watch. Maybe they learn something. Tell seven more people. And you'll blow up organically. I mean, you're not going to have no little cheap subscribe to my YouTube channel through $30 OnlyFans. You'll make six figures in a month kind of sham. It's going to be real. You're going to have an active audience. Yeah. 5,000 think... followers who like every photo is better than 80,000 followers, <laughs> and only 20 of, them, 20 of them like the photo. Right. But I, I think, like, the problem this generation is, they expect everything to come overnight, and mm-hmm. that's not reality. For some people, you know what happens, but, like, People expect things to happen overnight. People aren't used to a process. And I fall victim to that too. Like, for cutting hair, obviously, I've been cutting hair for three years. It didn't happen overnight, but like, it happened very fast that I'm, you know, doing well and everything. And it's simply because connections that I've made. But like, when I try to do something like YouTube, I don't have those connections for online. Mm. So it's going to take longer. And I gave up on it because I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see. Mm. Consistency is everything, for sure. Instant gratification's hard. That's my motto. Like, I'm average as fuck at everything I do. I'm pretty damn basic. But I'm just very consistent in everything, so it looks like I'm doing the right thing. But you're more educated than the regular person. Yeah, well, that's just because I'm consistent. But, like, I'm pretty damn dumb in other areas. <laughs> yeah, that, it, ba- it balances out. Like, I'm pretty damn dumb. I won't lie, I'm an idiot. But when it comes to finances and taxes and stuff like that, that's all I'm interested in. I never set foot on a college campus. I don't know shit about, like, um, we're, we're talking about Isaac Newton. What did he come up with? Derivatives and for calculus? Yeah. Oh, put, I've never took calculus in my life. Yeah, you put that in front of me, I'm going, I'm leaving. So, I met this uh, millionaire. He's a barber, whatever. Like, we've had a great talk. Like, he's gave me so much game in a short period of time. And then he told me that up in, he's 85. Up until 80, he said he was illiterate. And I was, I asked him, like, how? Like, I always see you outside reading a book. He's like, yeah, because I'm trying to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he was like, I can't read. He said, but I can count. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like, to make it, you just need to know finances. You don't really need to know too much. It's, done, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Like, you just need to know finances. Well, that's another good book is everything that I learned I learned in kindergarten. Because, like, if you ever noticed the way spiral curriculum works, it is essentially just more advanced. Like, calculus, you can't learn calculus unless you know addition. And addition, you learn in kindergarten. So everything that you learned in kindergarten, for the rest of your life, everything else that you learned branched off of that same thing. Like, having a personality. You have a core personality, 
And then when you become you, you develop a personality off of that personality. Like, say you have, yeah. like, a point in being kind. Yeah, exactly. Everything grows. So, you could go through life um, not knowing how to read, but if you know how to do math or if you have some other talent, like, maybe you can't read a book, but you can cut hair like a god. That's all you need. You so, don't need to know math. Right. Like, doing what I do now, I could have dropped out freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have been retired already. Yeah, you could have never I went to school. Lie. Like, crazy. Yeah. And the only thing I take, I take one thing from high school with me. And that was one of my teachers told me. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. That's the only thing I take from high school. Mm-hmm. I don't care about nothing else I've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but knowing you, if you dropped out of high school, you would want to go back. You, right. would, you, you wouldn't want it because you care about the education. You want it because you just want to know that you did it. There's some things that we don't want to do, but you just want to get it done because you know you're not a bitch. And, <laughs> things, and some things suck, but you have to get it done. Right. But, like, for some people, like, one of my clients, and it's funny because since I cater to people all day, I get to see different personalities 20 times a day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, if I didn't go to high school, I don't care. I don't need a diploma for what I'm doing. And I'm, I mean, I won't never say never, but, like, I don't plan on ever needing to use it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a deck house decor. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. But one of my clients, uh, I was trying to get him a job at, like, PNC Bank. And he was like, I don't have a diploma. So Mm -hmm. he has nothing planned. Mm -hmm. Like, he can't do nothing. You happen to fall in one of the niche career paths where you couldn't necessarily learn in school, but like, say you wanted to be a banker. You don't need history to be a banker. I mean, you just needed math, which you learned some of, so you had a basis. So school's good for most people, but for some people and their career paths, it's almost entirely irrelevant. So like, the way I try to view life it's like kind of simple and stupid, but it's true. So like when I was younger, I used to take the bus all the time to the mall. And what I would do is I would literally look around and look at all the cars parked. And mm-hmm. you look anywhere, there's going to be parked cars. And I would tell myself, if every single person out here has a car, why can't I get one? It's not going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And like now I have a car, obviously. I have, I, I have my own you know, apartment, whatever. I'm getting ready to purchase my first house, like, probably next year around this time. But, like, now, another thing I do is I look at businesses. There's stores. We live off of stores. Like, everywhere we go, like, you're going to a store today, yesterday, tomorrow. Like, you're going to go to a store. Mm-hmm. So, if everyone owns a business, then why can't you? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I try to view it. It's stupid, but, like, it's dummy proof. Like, mm-hmm. if everyone, if this, if it's this many, then why can't you have one? That's kind of, it's dumb, but it makes sense. Honestly, it's a good way to look at it. Right. Like the why can't I mentality. Right. Because if you can answer that question, then you're not pursuing the right thing. Right. Never thought about it like that. That's why I look at it. It's definitely a good way to look at the world, though. Why can't I? It's a good thing to take with you. I love haters. <laughs> I don't. I do. Dude, there's something... It's just something in the back of my mind where somebody just gives me like that, fuck you... Or, like, the comments on, like, fucked up. Like, not the fucked up, but, like, disrespectful my YouTube page or somebody stronger than me at the gym just gets me riled up. And I, I work way harder. Quick story. Funny story. I had a Forex trader sit in my chair. Don't do that. Mm. When I first, just, like, tried getting into stocks. And, uh... Look, if you made money off Forex, God bless you. But for the majority of them... Well, look, well, look. Don't, you know, so I, I kind of look at it like this. Slow grind, better than no grind. I never knock anybody's hustle. Yeah. That's genuinely how I look at it. But I put it like this. Forex dude got on my seat. 
tried to tell me, I told him I do stocks. I was getting into it. He was like, yeah, but you don't, make, you don't make no real money. So my appointment with him was actually at 9 o'clock. So I was going to finish him at 9.30 when, the, when it opens. As soon as I finished his haircut, the market opened, I dumped $1,000 into a stock. That shit dropped so fast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my money. I was trying to prove a point. Yeah. You know. So I, from that experience, I don't try to prove myself to nobody. Mm-hmm. No, there's no need to. Mm-hmm. You know You know what you know. Forex traders, Forex market. Mm-hmm. There's a crypto market and there's a stock market. The Forex market <laughs> is a legitimate way to make money. Point blank, period. The ex- things they try to sell you, the courses, everything like that, is an absolute scam. You can get all that information for free online. You're basically paying somebody 200 plus dollars for them to email you a PDF file you can just Google search yourself and get. And same people, the ones that you see at the academy, st- that dude got arrested because he's giving financial advice back in 2013, which is why he changed the curriculum and everything like that. Now, if you're making money off it, great. But they tell a lot of false lies with the stock market. One of those being is they say, you can't make stock our money off stocks and the market crashes. That's not true. You can buy what's called a put, where if the stock goes down in price, you make money. So right there, what the fuck are you talking about? Then they go, there's there's only uh, 600 billion in the stock market. Mm. Apple and Tesla's market cap is in the trillions. There's $6 trillion a day functioning, like going through the stock market. Where are you getting that number from? And I, I, I get so worked up about that shit. Cause That's it's the not thing that is, the people that buy the Forex aren't doing their due diligence. So you could tell them that Forex market is worth $99 trillion, and nobody's going to be like, they're not going to look it up on their phone right there. They're just going to go, wow, that's a big number. Right. If you don't know nothing, you're going to, you know, like, my false big, information. Yeah. My biggest problem is not that they want to make money and be better for themselves. I'm happy people are interested in investing. It makes me happy because it helps me. They're just trying to sell them bullshit. Mm. I'm trying to help them for free. Like, I don't want anything from you guys. I want you to take the information and be like, yeah, whatever that guy's about, whatever. Mm. I'll watch his videos when he drops something useful. That's all I want. I don't want to be in charge of people or anything like that. They're over here going, you got to tap in. And I'll send you what's in with the phone and stuff like that. It's like a power grab, a pyramid. Like manipulating. Yeah, I don't like that shit. It also feels like when you buy somebody's course that if you do become rich and successful and the off chance that you do become rich and successful off it, you feel like you owe them something. Or at least they think you owe them something. If anybody listens to this podcast right now, if you know anybody who has made like millions or enough money to be retired off of buying somebody's course, hit me up. I'll when buy have, that course right now. When have you heard about that? I bought this guy's course and now I'm living free. Now I'm on a yacht. And not that you may even know him personally. You don't even see it on Instagram. Like, yeah, I bought this guy's course, so now here I am. Mm. No. Don't the only me. time you do is if they actually own part of the course, too. Like, yeah. they teach the same thing. Like, Jake Paul. I Yeah, I hate the guy, but I love his hustle. He made a financial literacy course with a bunch of financial gurus. All of those gurus took their own courses that they already made. So all these individual courses, they just packed it up in one and mm. gave it to Jake Paul. Jake Paul paid all those guys a large amount of money and then sold it on his YouTube channel and made that. Now, one of the YouTubers I'm subscribed to bought it and went through it and debunked all of this. 
he made so much money off the ad revenue of that video where he made like nine grand. So he made his money back like 10 times. Mm. But Jake Paul literally just copied and pasted other people's work and made money off that. That's what I'm talking about. And who who do you know out there that's like, yeah, Jake Paul made millions of dollars off his course? It's not his course anyway. Yeah. It's everyone else's. Mm. But he's just putting he his a, name on it. He made on. a mixtape. A mixtape of courses. Pretty yeah. much. That's like if you release a, tra- a tutorial video. Smart man. Yeah, you just bought the video, bought the rights, and then sold it. Respect this hustle, but fuck it. But that dude, Dan Locke, he, you might not know him. He's the Asian entrepreneur, and he's a like... Oh, I know who it is. I know who that is. And he got called out because he was renting a mansion to make him look like he's more wealthy than he is. I will live in this house till I die. I don't care if people think I look rich or not. I'll have the money I want. So, but his net, he has a good net worth. If I, we're talking about the same guy, his net worth is like $8 million. Oh, he has money like yeah. that, but he's renting things out to make right. it look like it's more than it is. Right. Why would he care? He knows what he's talking about. Right. He's just putting on a false image for no reason. Mm. That's a weird part, because there was, like, something went around where celebrities, a lot of them, when they were taking pictures on private jets and shit, it was literally just that part of a plane mm-hmm. in, like, a parking lot in Hollywood. Like, it was just, it was fake. Yeah. It's like... It's all for the look, though, nowadays. Yeah. So this, that it goes back to the conversation earlier about people wearing all these designer stuff in need of favors. Simple. Yeah, that's a point of true religion, James. If you're wearing them on a bus, right? Uh, we're almost on our last section here. I know the camera battery is going to go low, so we're probably going to get like another half a segment if we want to keep going. Or do you want to make a closing statement? Closing statement. All right. Vinny, top barber on East Coast. <laughs> Tell the people from my Spotify listeners... Um, your social media and where to find you and then for anybody who's watching on YouTube I'll leave the links down below as well as his friend's clothing brand if he doesn't have the website I'll leave his Instagram as well uh, Instagram Vinny Santiago underscore that's all I use and then you're based out of Trent, New Jersey Trent, New Jersey Rich Cuts Barbershop 1025 South Broad Street alright Anything you want to say? Bush did 9-11. Bush did 9-11. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs)